Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Greg Detmeyer. Sitting across from me is Jenny J. Hill Hillebrand. We are a couple instructional coaches in the Western Dubuque Community School District right here in good old Iowa. Jenny, how are you doing today? I'm nervous. I'm sitting at this new desk set up in your it's, office. It's pretty nice. I opened up my pot before we started, and I'm afraid that I'm going to leave like a watermark yeah, on you it. Get that it's coaster like out. Fancy stuff here. This is a here. BYOC <laughs> office. Bring your own coaster. We don't have those yet. Uh, yet. There you go. Hey, Jenny, do you know that we have been talking into microphones for over a year now? We have. That's we, exciting. We, uh, we passed our one-year anniversary. So we had a great year. Yeah, like 33 episodes. It was pretty exciting. It's been fun. What? How? What is the episode that has had the most listens? It is Quick Tips to a Happier School Setting, where we talked about school culture and climate. Yeah. I Check that one out. There's a lot of good, easy little things you can do in there that uh, just help people make, feel, make people feel good about themselves and what they do. That's awesome. It's been a great year. And we've learned a lot, Jenny, along the way. Like, it's not just us sharing stuff but sometimes we have to go out and do a little research figure out what we're talking about and then come together and record podcasts and we've really learned a lot the last few weeks as we kicked off a new school year we have new school year so i think well. it'd how's, be, your, how's your starting it's been great i mean Good. you look at my desk look at the the taj the office i have the fancy conference table yeah. now um, no, it's, it's actually been really good, and we're going to talk about that <laughs> a little bit here. But today's episode, we are, we're talking about five things that you and I learned kicking off this school year. Yes. And I have mine guarded by sticky notes <laughs> so that you don't cheat. You're so secretive. Because we know you would have. It would have been only ten, five things we learned instead of a possible <laughs> ten. There may be some carryover. I have there. a feeling we might have some uh, similarities, right. but I mean, we'll I'm, check it out. I'm not going to lie. You're kind of over there like holding yours like the smart kid on the test and like not wanting anyone to look at your answers either well i have to because yours are covered all right i love the snapchat that i got from you that has them covered with big old green sticky notes i hey, giggled a little bit it's a top secret <laughs> all right do you want to go first or you want me to go first i can go first all right go for it all right so this actually came up on a previous podcast but every year i kind of learn something new at the beginning of the school year so remember how we talked about, you know, building that positive climate and culture that I mentioned how I always have chocolate in my room. And so, you know, this year as I was getting ready for the school year, I unpacked my candy dish, had it all ready to go. And put I put some in carrots in it. Well, no, but I put in some cinnamon Jolly Ranchers, like, you know, things mm -hmm. to, you know, with the happiness advantage and the whole lollipop uh, thing. I thought, well, we'll put some Jolly Ranchers in there. There's things that you can, you know, things that you can suck on. It's a cinnamon flavor. Like, thinking that would be really good and keep people attentive while we're having yeah. conversations, right? Lasts a little longer than like an M&M. Yeah, so I'm really trying to build that connection with teachers and hoping that they really like my cinnamon Jolly Ranchers. Fail. No one liked them. They didn't like them. You need to bust them out at Christmas time. I know. I feel but like no, over the holidays. I had six people comment that they went in my office and were so excited to see stuff in my candy jar. They didn't look at it because they thought it was like a watermelon or a cherry, and they put it in their mouth and it was cinnamon, and they instantly had to spit it out. The garbage can was full of hat. So and now spit. my top desk drawer is full of cinnamon Jolly Ranchers, and I went shopping that last week for candy, and there now is there is chocolate in my candy dish for them. So I See, learned in building connections not to put cinnamon Jolly Ranchers. You could have left them in there and then just said, hey, 
I've always offered you guys candy. And then it wouldn't even cost you anything because you could use the same ones all year. I could have. Well, I actually had somebody walk in this morning and say, oh, my gosh, did you clean out the candy dish before you put in the chocolate? Because you know the chocolate's going to taste like cinnamon now because you had the cinnamon in there for so long. So, anyways, we have chocolate back in there, right. and they're happy again. So. so that was a good learning. People hate Jolly Ranchers that are cinnamon flavor. I think it'd be good at Christmas time. Drop it in some hot chocolate, maybe. Yeah. Well, I, I put one in before I drink my coffee every morning. It's really it'd be good. good. Yeah. Uh, my first one is... The why has to drive the what. Ooh, great, so, good one. so many times as an IC or a teacher, we just start doing stuff. We just say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to implement this. But we never know why we're doing that. And when we do that, there's no way of really telling if what we're doing is having an impact. So let's say I wanted to implement a new math strategy. Mm -hmm. And I just saw one on the Twitter. I'm like, I'm going to do that. But I didn't really focus on wanting to improve students' math scores, which would be my why. So I'm doing the what first, which is this math strategy from Twitter. And a couple weeks in, I'm sitting there. I'm like, hey, I'm doing this math strategy. Awesome. I met my goal. It might not have any impact on what you're doing because you started with a thing, a what, instead of a why. So that's been really big for me is just... Whatever I do this year, I really want to start with a why. And I've been like in some awkward conversations where I have to slow myself down and almost take a couple steps back just to find that why before we jump right into, but here's what we want to do. So you want to be more intentional. I think talking about that why forces you to be more intent intentional and it kind of gives you more of a focus too. Because sometimes what you think is your why might not be the why after you start talking about it. Correct. And kind of talking through it. Yeah, exactly. And the yep. what's going to meet your why. Right. So that can change. So if that math strategy was not working and my why was to improve student achievement in math and maybe my what's not working, I can go find a new what. Exactly. So I also have on here, and I'm going to show you my paper just because I did the same thing. Man. I have that on mine as well. Um, and mine kind of goes back, I mean, the why of, you know, why, why am I an instructional coach? What drives me? in my job every day? What, what pushes me to become the best version of myself every day in the role that I am? What's my why? Um, that started with our back to school message from um, our administration and the, you know, why do we do it? Do you like, do you like your job? Do you love your job? Um, and one thing that came out of that speech was, of course it's worth it. You know, is your job worth it? And the answer that, that she gave, that our uh, curriculum director gave was, of course it's worth it. And to me, I've really been reflecting on that, and that kind of drove my why. Why do I do it? Because it's worth it. Because it's worth the long hours, and it's worth the conversations, and it's worth pushing myself and pushing other people to do our best every day, to get better every day, and to make sure that we're also giving that to our students, that we're providing them the best every day. So I also had that why on my on my paper. That is a powerful thing. That's so I just I kind of got two of them there. Yeah, it's something we're kind of talking about a lot as a district as well, mm -hmm. and, and a lot that we do. My second one, Jenny, this is a quick one, is paper and pencil never fails. And here's why I'm saying that. For the past you know, three years or so, I've been like the technology person. Like, I'm using OneNote. I'm using Evernote. I'm using this. All my stuff's online. Mm -hmm. Forms are online. Everything's online. 
this year, I decided to switch it up because I found that I wasn't going back and looking at this stuff. I was recording all this stuff. I had all these forms filled out, but I never went back and looked at them. It wasn't, it didn't seem very accessible to me where it was on my mind to let's go back and look at those notes. So this year, trying something a little different, I have a notebook with some tabs in it where one tab is like, here's a checklist of things I need to do. One's my thoughts and one are just notes. And then from there, I took all my forms and I made paper copies and looking behind me, I have file folder baskets where I keep all of that. And I found so far this year, I have referred back to things a lot more than I have in the past. That's great. Maybe maybe after we're done with this, you can uh, give me a tutorial on your paper pencil and show me your method to your madness. Possibly. <laughs> no, we can we can <laughs> certainly gonna, share with that. Are you going to share secrets? That. No, I'm just um, kidding. It's just I don't know. It's just it seems like it's more present. Like it's it's always there. It's more visually there mm-hmm. for me as opposed to when it's online. And uh, you know, the me from three years ago would probably punch myself in the face right now for saying <laughs> that because I was the guy like. Well, why you got all that paper? Or yep. Why are you carrying around that notebook? It's all right there in your surface. Type I think thing. it takes so long to figure out how you want to organize things. I don't. I don't think it's as easy. I, I was kind of in the same boat when we were introduced to um, OneNote. I was like, "This is the greatest thing ever!" And now I open up my OneNote and I have so many tabs that it's confusing, and I want to delete tabs, but I can't. So I agree. I think. I think there's something to be said of kind of getting your feet wet and getting into it a couple of years and realizing what is the best way for, for you to organize and be able to work through your your stuff. That's awesome. We'll see how it goes. It looks good. I like all your little, yeah. you know, pencil mates there and paper clip holder. Looks great. It's like staples threw up in here. <laughs> I, lo- <laughs> I love it. All right. So... I don't even know how many I've shared because I kind of went off your why. One of them that I put down was also kind of back to school. I feel like as an instructional coach, there's always that awkward phase of teachers are getting to know their students. Um, We're not really wanted or needed at the time because they're just trying to get routines down and that type of thing. Um, And so I think one of the things that I've learned, and it's something that it's it's comes out more and more every year is just to go where you're needed those first few weeks um we had some students come in from other districts and just just with some needs that teachers we weren't we weren't ready for in the classrooms and so just those first few days just being flexible and going where i was needed um that meant more to those teachers than anything because i wasn't you know i wasn't trying to go in and have coaching cycles they're not ready for that yet so I did, I did what was needed to make sure that they had the support to get their classroom off to a good start for the year. Totally serving people where they're at. Absolutely. So it's not going to be like that all the time. Mm-mm. That's not what our role is supposed to look like all the time. But I right. think beginning of the year, end of the year, maybe around conferences and you know maybe some breaks and stuff, there's going to be some times where we step into more of a role where this is what you need, I can do that for you at yeah. this time because that's where you're at and to get you to the place where we can have a coaching cycle mm-hmm. we need to make it through this portion first yep. and it naturally happens because now all of a sudden we're you know two and a half almost three weeks in and there is that feeling of okay hey jenny i want to start working on this and so we're starting to have more of those coaching cycle questions 
they're ready to go and we're going to move forward so it's been it's been great so number three for me i wrote schedule 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 yeah one of my goals this year is to write everything down get those calendar invites sent out and uh just really be on top of my schedule and keep it up as up to date as possible and it's one of those things i added in my monday memo that i send out to everyone each monday is a link to a calendar i have set up so people can see where i'm at when and so forth and what times are available to meet if need be and so forth and that's just really held me accountable for getting everything into the calendar and Mm -hmm. it's been awesome because i feel not like missing things that i should have done and each day before i come as i get ready for the day i'll pull the calendar up if it's a really crazy day i'll even like jot them down on a sticky note and just cross things off as it goes just so i'm not unaware of somewhere i'm supposed to be i think that's huge because we get so busy working on something or we have a teacher that stops in quick to ask a question but if we need to be someplace else, we need to make sure that we're you know, cognizant of that and respecting that other person's time because time is definitely yep. of value. My number four Let's hear it. Is, uh, kind of goes along, and we've talked about it before because it goes with Orange Frog, but, um, and it kind of goes along with yours, but what you say and do matters. And I think that's probably one of my biggest focuses for this year as well is realizing that you know when I'm having conversations with teachers, and we're working on things together and we have that communication of okay i'm going to come back and i'm going to have this ready for you or we're going to talk about this and here's what you're going to do when we meet next here's what i'm going to do when we meet next and just making sure that you know what i'm saying to those teachers and what we're working on is what's happening um coming back and reflecting on you know here's here's where our conversation was here's where their needs need is at and making sure that um that communication is just really, really strong with what their needs are, what my needs are, and just making sure that we're being specific with. So when you approach a conversation with knowing like what you say and do matters, no matter who you're having a conversation with, everyone in that conversation probably feels a little more empowered than prior, correct? Absolutely. And it's not just, hey, I'm the IC and you're just a para or you're just the custodian kind of gets away those just i'm just a right and i think it just makes i just want people to know that you know their voice is heard and that their voice matters just as much as anything that i bring to the table i'm not the expert in anything i'm just there to help them so that it's just that whole idea no matter what we're doing no matter what situation we are in in that in our buildings whether it be a coaching conversation whether it be maybe an uncomfortable conversation because something happens that just being intentional and in everything that i say and do matters all the time and it matters every day it's just something great to live by and think about every day as we enter classrooms mm-hmm. and and it's very orange frog. Comes right from those. Uh, it does. The eight series podcast we did. Check that one out. Shameless plug. Yep. I just really like that. I just really it's like that saying. saying. I just love it. I say it. And a it's lot. caught on in our district, which it is definitely awesome. has. Yep. My number four, Jenny, is setting your environments. At the end of last year, we had a big focus on the physical presence of your space. Is it set up for student-friendly learning? Is it set up for adult-friendly learning is kind of what I kept thinking as far as my office, and the answer was no. 
And I've made some changes where I feel like I've gotten a little closer. I feel it's more comfortable for adults. It's more welcoming. And I just feel it's a, a more productive space. It's the Taj Mahal. It is the Taj. Could could you do the stuff without it? <laughs> of course. But it, it does validate the, the work you're doing. When I walked in here, it just has a different feel to it. I mean, it's like all professional and stuff. And I love, I'm going to point out, you have, you know, the peanuts in the corner and the refrigerator with water. I just think that says like, welcome, like come in, like sit down and let's have a conversation. It just makes your environment welcoming. And that's what we want for students when students walk into our classrooms. So why wouldn't we want that for adults when they walk into our offices? I've even felt like sitting in here, like I can't just wear my old polos anymore. I've been busting out a lot more of the button ups. Yeah. I think I might even make Fridays. Are you going to wear a tie? No, Fridays. Oh, okay. Friday is going to be flannel Fridays once it gets cold. Flannel Fridays. I love and it. And the other day, I was riding to school, and I heard Johnny Cash's Man in Black. Yep. You know the song? I do know the song. And I kind of rewrote the beginning of it to match my <laughs> flannel Friday routine. Would you like to hear the first little bit? Oh, my gosh. I would love to hear it. All right. I'm going to try. I'm really this excited part right now. may get deleted. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yep. Oh, you wonder why I'm always dressed in plaid? Why you never see solid colors on my back? And why does my appearance seem to have a checkered tone? Well, there's a reason for the things that I have on. It's all I got right now. Oh my gosh, I love it. All right. I think everybody out there that's listening right now is saying, go GD. Uh, unsubscribe unsubscribe (laughs) i don't think so that was great environment is huge it is huge so what's number five for you jenny kind of the same not environment yes but more um kind of goes back to your organization i have worked really 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 hard to organize a lot of our mtss um things for this year last year we had a couple new reading um, interventions that we did And they were phenomenal. They were working so well with kids. We were seeing growth. But every time I was meeting with teachers, it was it's kinda it kinda all goes together. What we say and do matters, making connections, all of that. I was leaving meetings and I was having to go back and kind of get some of the materials ready for them to make sure that they knew how to provide the intervention. And sometimes that was taking a while because Mm -hmm. I was still in coaching cycles with other people. And so I went through this summer and I organized our entire reading MTSS materials. So I have them all in little bags. I have them all labeled. Um, Today I actually met with our special ed uh, teacher and we started six of his kids on one of our reading interventions. And we had the conversation about the kids and where they tested. And I was able to pull the, the three interventions that the kids fell into and it was ready to go. He was able to take it back to his room immediately. And as he walked out, I had that feeling of like, oh, it like, worked. yes, like this feels so good. So like what it's supposed to be. Yes. He didn't have to wait for anything. It was ready. And it also gives me more time to not have to do those things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because the same conversation with me would be like, uh, um, yeah, uh, I'll get you the, uh, I'm going to go make the copies now. Yeah. And I'm probably going to forget some. And then we got to cut all this stuff out. Yeah. I'm I'm really jealous of that little system you got. Yeah. I love it. It's a great system. So that would so. be my number five. Just learning to just 
take take the time to organize so that it makes the rest of the year run smoothly and you feel like you're supporting greater. And the last one we're going to share, my number five, is set goals. I was thinking and reflecting as far as education as a whole this summer a little bit and how neat it is that there's a, a specific start and a specific stop to each year because those are perfect times to initiate something new. Like we're coming back for a new school year. What do I want to do different than I did last year? And it's a great time to set a goal. I feel like as a profession, we're really lucky in that sense where a lot of professions, it's just go, 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 go. And there's no solid break where it's like, now we're starting new. Let's reflect on what we've done and moving forward. What do we want to get better at? What do we want to change? What do we want to refine? Well, Greg, I think that kind of goes along with what you you mentioned, you know, at the beginning of the school year, how you feel like you're going into the school year with a different mindset. You know, last year was a bit foggy. You had two brand new babies, five kids. So your goals for last year was just kind of getting through survive survival mode where, yeah. And I think every year is an IC just because we think about where we started as instructional coaches. We took the role, not having any training, really knowing what instructional coaching looked like. So our goals then were just, all right, I'm going to try to coach. I'm going to try to engage in a coaching cycle. Whatever that is. Yeah. Year two is a little bit different. Year three. And I would say definitely year four, just as much as we have reflected on what is our why, what does it, and, and even our IC team going back and kind of reflecting on what does our coaching cycle, what do we want our coaching cycles mm-hmm. to look at? So setting those goals for what we want our year to look like, yeah, they're huge. I love setting goals and setting kind of a bigger goal, but then having those short-term yep. goals to With Some benchmarks there. in there. Right. Well, that was our nine things that we learned this year because Jenny stole one from me. Nine. So you only heard nine because Jenny only came to the table with four. They were a little different. Yours was why, what is my why, and mine was, of course, it's worth it. So they were similar, but they were different. So we had ten. We'll let the listeners decide. (laughs) If you have any strong opinions one way or the other, if you heard ten things we learned or nine things we learned, (laughs) shoot us some listener mail. You can do that by going to our website, www.iccpodcast.com. You'll find a listener mail tab there. While you're there, hey, check out some of our past shows or even some of our mini-casts. And, of course, you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter. As we leave, ask yourself, what one thing could I do tomorrow that will make me a better version of myself? Then wake up and do it. Because greatness isn't achieved by one event, but instead a series of small, intentional steps. Go be awesome!